Peter's other concern as he gives this command is lest we fall away. He says in verse 17, being beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Now that could be you or me today. We are in danger of falling away. And if ever there was a generation when men and women are in danger of falling away, it is our generation. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and today we're going to come to this wonderful text, Grow in Grace and in the Knowledge of Our Lord Jesus Christ. Growth is an amazing thing. That multiplication of cells, whether it's in the plant life or the physical body, where things just get larger and larger and larger. And it's an amazing, amazing thing in the cycle of life. We are to grow. Now, this time of year, how wonderful it is to be in the garden, to plant, to fertilize, to water, to see the heat, the sun, and enjoy the rain, and to expect things to grow. Every gardener, every grower wants to just rejoice in the growth of life all around. Now, when the Lord says to us, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, that's his command, and that's the will of God, and it is the Father's delight to see his children grow. Today, we're going to look at this, and I trust you'll stay tuned with us as we move to the pulpit ministry of our church to let the Bible speak on growing grace. Right, back to that uh, passage we read together, 2 Peter 3. In the very last verse is our uh, passage or is our text. Grow in grace. That's the command that is given in this final word, this final exhortation in this book of 2 Peter. Now, if Peter would say, don't grow in grace, I think we would be startled. I think we would be really amazed. What do you mean? Don't grow? What, what kind of exhortation would that be to a Christian? What kind of farmer would say to his crops, don't grow? Or to his flocks, those little baby lambs that come in the springtime, don't grow. What kind of a father or mother would say to their children, don't be growing? Now, I know that grandparents say that, of course. They don't want to see those little ones grow up because uh, they're much cuter when they're little. But uh, when children don't grow, that's certainly not a good thing. Peter's command here is like a final shot to his recipients, the readers. Of all that he has said to date, do this, grow, grow. This was his longing for all who made profession and faith in the Lord Jesus. It's natural. All living things must grow. And a Christian is a living example of the born-again, indwelt power of God in the soul of man. As a Christian, you're not a robot. You're not a machine. You can't stay the same day after day. We must be growing. 
Now, at the cross of Calvary, the Lord Jesus did everything required for our redemption. There's nothing to be added. But in the work of the Spirit in us, Christ did everything for us on the cross. But when the Spirit of God works in us, we've got to keep advancing. We must grow and develop. Peter's other concern as he gives this command is lest we fall away. He says in verse 17, being beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Now that could be you or me today. We are in danger of falling away. And if ever there was a generation when men and women are in danger of falling away, it is our generation. We have seen vast, vast changes in standards, in morality, in churches, in, in what Christians or professing Christians claim to be good or evil. And here is the necessary antidote to falling away or stumbling, and that is to grow, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. You'll notice in verse 14, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent, be diligent. Everything that grows needs to be well-fed, well-nurtured. Every gardener that produces in his garden must tend diligently to his plants. Every farmer needs to be diligent to his herds and flocks. Without diligence, can't grow. In fact, I would say this command to grow is a repeat of this command to be diligent, to grow and advance. And so in this closing verse, to fire one more shot across the bow of Christians, Peter commands that we grow in grace. Now, are we doing that? If I was to give you a blank piece of paper right now and ask you, write down one thing that you're doing that you might grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, what would it be? Just one thing. What are you doing? To help assist your soul to advance in grace and knowledge. That, that begs a whole lot of questions. What is involved in growing, in Christian growth? What is involved in tending and caring, nurturing our souls that we be fruitful Christians. That's what we need to get to today. Firstly, let's deal with this, the meaning of the Christian's growth in grace. What does it mean to be growing in grace? Firstly, what is grace? Well, it's not the work of Calvary. What was done on Calvary by our Lord was done for us, and all of that is finished. I want to emphasize that. I want to be very clear in the distinction between these two elements of the Christian's life. For the last two Sundays, I've preached the cross. I've preached the wisdom of the cross, and I've preached the wisdom of faith in the cross as our salvation. But that is a work that's done. 
Now is this command to grow in grace. Now, if we go back to the beginning of Peter's letter, 2 Peter 1, we have all of this explained for us. And that's always good when we can find that in the Word itself. Here it is all explained for us. Verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied. So he wants us to grow, abound, develop in grace. And then he goes on to say, According as his divine power hath given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Now, I want you to mark the promises. We'll get back to that in a little bit. That by these ye might be, and here's what this grace is. Here is the biblical definition of grace in the soul of a Christian. Partakers of the divine nature. It's like a branch in the vine, feeding, joined to the vine, enjoying the life of the tree, partakers of the divine nature. Now, trees grow, but the branches need to do the, the growing too. And you are a branch in the tree. You are a partaker of the divine nature. And the meaning of grace is we're to be growing in the enjoyment of divine life in the soul. It's the new nature of life in the Christian himself. And as every plant must grow, so do we. As every living thing must grow, so do we in the grace of the Lord that we enjoy. Now, just like trees in the winter, there are times in the Christian's life when we don't grow as we should. There may be a winter time in the Christian's life. And sometimes that's God's doing. Let's be mature about this now. There are times when God shuts up the heaven, when God seems to be at a bit of a distance from us. And we know from experiences of men and women in the Bible that that was for a purpose. And there may be a time of purpose in your life when you're not advancing at a great rate. But when God gives his spirit and when God gives his grace, when the springtime comes and the sap is up in the tree, the branch that will not feed and will not grow is going to die. It's going to fall away. And it doesn't take long. And I'm back to that scene that I saw with my own eyes, a little twig on the vine that got broken, uh, almost totally broken off, but just hanging there. And two days it was withering. Two days those grapes were looking like raisins. And that's a picture of your life when you're not growing. When you're not growing, you are not feeding, you are not developing. To grow in grace means a greater awareness of the life of God in your soul. The Christian life, after we're born again, creates this God awareness. And I know that when you were saved, when you were born of the Spirit, there is immediately an awareness of God all around you. You couldn't get away from it if you wanted to, and you didn't want to. Christian doesn't want to. 
Immediately, God is in everything. And we know and learn quickly that he, he controls the world. He controls the vast universe, right down to tiny creatures, as he moved the worm to eat up Jonah's gourd, the shelter that he had from the sun. God's in everything. And as we're growing in grace, that awareness grows in the life of a Christian. the captive free, the only name through which I find salvation. No name on earth has meant so much to me. I've learned to know a name I highly treasure Oh, how it thrills my spirit through and through Oh, precious name beyond degree or measure Oh, wondrous name of him so kind and true my heart is stirred whenever I think of Jesus, that blessed name which sets the captive free, the only name through which I find salvation, no name on earth has meant so much to me. Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and I trust you will be blessed in your own heart and soul as we minister the Lord's Word. I have in my hand here a little book called A New Beginning that I'd like to offer free of charge to you. It is a 32-page booklet that will encourage you in the Christian life. It starts out with how God sees men, and it explains that men need to be saved, born again, and brought into a right relationship through the Lord Jesus. The next section deals with God's way of salvation and how God sent his Son, how by faith, by repentance, we may receive the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior. And then it moves on to the assurance of salvation, how you can be absolutely certain that you are redeemed, saved, and sure of heaven. Then it moves on to our position as new creatures in Christ, indwelt by the Spirit, and united to Him. All of this is explained in a beautiful color layout that will uh, guide you in your Bible study. Then on Christian living, there is baptism, Bible reading, daily prayer, connection between Bible reading and prayer, witnessing for Christ, 
and church membership. These are all included in this little booklet, A New Beginning, and I'd like to send that to you free of charge. We'll get you the address. You can actually read this online if you go to our website where there are articles of information on our website at www.cloverdealfpchurch.ca. And on that website, you will find archived sermons, information about our church, and of course, you can join us Sundays on our webcast, 10.30 and 6 p.m. by going to that website, cloverdealfpchurch.ca. Now, please do remember to pray for us in this ministry that the Lord may use his own word to reach Canadians with the gospel and bring sinners to faith in the Lord Jesus. So then, we thank you for joining with us in the program today. Stay tuned as we continue with this second part of the program. Growing in grace also means that we have a greater capacity for spiritual things. When a baby is born, it has very little capacity. You can't give a newborn baby uh, a whole glass of milk and say, drink that down. It doesn't work. They need to be fed little, fed often. When a newborn Christian is in the world, you say to him, pray for an hour. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. To an unconverted man to ask him to pray, well, prayer is like a jail sentence. To get an unconverted man in a prayer meeting, you may as well put him in a jail. He'll just be as miserable in the prayer meeting as in a jailhouse. And the new Christian, he comes in there and he has the ability to participate and, and benefit to a degree. But as we grow in grace, the place of prayer, the spirit of prayer, to tell a man, go and pray, it's a pleasure. It's a delight. It is a blessing to the soul. Even a full-size tree needs to grow in greater capacity. Those mature trees, when they're pruned off and trimmed down, they must still grow just to keep healthy. And there's none of us here today that can say, I have grown enough as a Christian. I don't need to do any more growing in my Christian life because the, the most mature, the most long-term Christian, if we're not growing, just like the new sapling, we're dying. We're not as healthy as we should be. We're not as glorifying to the Lord as we should be. Another evidence of growth in grace is that there becomes a greater dependence upon God for support and for strength to live the Christian life. You know those texts in the Bible that say, not I, but Christ. What is that? That's grace. Grace at work. Whenever we can say, I can through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That's grace. The proud man says, I can alone. I don't need help. He boasts of what he will do. Uh, you remember what James said? Uh, the proud man, he says, I will go into this city or that city and I will trade, get myself riches and whatever. Whereas the spiritual man says, if the Lord will, we will do this or that. Now, the Christian's life is one of enjoying more and more grace 
learning to depend on the Lord and less in ourselves. On Sunday evenings, we've been looking at the life of Moses. When he was 40 years old, he thought in the flesh that he could be some kind of leader to the Hebrews in their distress, and he failed. Forty years later, God spoke to him at the bush, and Moses said, Who am I that I should go before Pharaoh? And the Lord said to him, I shall certainly be with you. There is grace at work in the soul. Are you growing? Are you growing in this? It will mean in your life more prayer, more clinging to God's promises. And I'll take you back to 2 Peter 1 verse 4 now, the promises that we noticed. If you are growing in grace, you're living on the promises of God. If you're not growing in grace, you won't take them and use them. Promises are to be pleaded and they're to be put into practice. They're to be enjoyed. And if you are growing in grace, the promises of God are your, are your food, they're your strength. That's what it means to be growing in grace. We move now to the how-to, the means by which we grow in grace. And here is a negative, but it's the starting point of all of us. It's a confession of powerlessness in the flesh. And we have to confess that in our nature, in our body, there are two natures now. There's the sinful nature, and there's the new nature. There's the old man and the new man. There is the lust of the flesh, and then there is living in the Spirit. And in Galatians 5, this is called a war. One cannot agree with the other. It's like Israel living with the Philistines in the land. And you remember that they could not drive out the Philistines in one go, and they had to live side by side. And all the days of Israel, there was war between the Philistines and Israel. As a born-again Christian, there's a warfare in your life, a spiritual warfare in your very, very bosom between the flesh and the spirit. And these things are never in agreement. The flesh wants to rise up and pull you down. But to live in the Spirit and to be renewed in the inner man day by day is to be aware that you can do nothing in the flesh. And so the first how-to, the first means of growth is to confess and admit this spiritual warfare. And if you're saying to me, if you're saying to the Lord and saying, well, there's no spiritual battle in my soul, let me tell you, you're not going to use the means of grace. You're not going to apply yourself to how God has provided a way for you to be a growing Christian. Because you'll think to yourself, well, I'm saved now. I'm at peace. All is well. I'm going to heaven. There's no danger. That wasn't Peter's attitude he, he talked about, lest ye fall away, be diligent, grow in grace. These are the commands that are given to us, and we have to confess that we can do nothing. Thinking of the branch and the vine, as we used that illustration, the Lord Jesus said, as the branch broken off from the vine, without me ye can do nothing. And there is the 
very first means of growing in grace, to recognize, to confess, that without union and life in Christ, I can do no spiritual good. You can do no spiritual good, and you cannot grow. What then is the means that God has given? Well, we grow by feeding spiritual food. Every living thing needs food, needs nourishment. You cannot expect things to grow on a starvation diet. You never saw a healthy man walking out of a prisoner of war prison. Men on a starvation diet end up ill. Many of those who were prisoners of war came out of the concentration camps, and they ended up dying post-release. And even when they were given good food afterwards, their body had been so decimated through malnourishment that they succumbed to the starvation rigors of years of imprisonment. There are even widows today whose husbands died in those situations. I'm saying this because there are, there are Christians who are trying to live the Christian life on a starvation diet, and they are very nigh to the point where it's not just a maintenance diet, it, it's really starvation. And only as you feed your soul will you grow in grace. Only as you give yourself to that spiritual food that God has provided, that manna from heaven, will you be a growing and fruitful Christian in the Lord Jesus. That name brings gladness to a soul in sorrow. It makes life shadows and its clouds depart. Brings strength in weakness for today, tomorrow, that name brings healing to an aching heart. My heart is stirred whenever I think of Jesus. That blessed name which sets the captive free. The only name through which I find salvation. No name on earth has meant so much. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.lt 
tbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music